0: Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors of the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We hope that this message inspires you, that it connects you to God's word of truth for your life. Be encouraged, take courage, and enjoy. All right. without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to start a series, a super quick series called For the Record. For the record, for the next couple of weeks, we'll look at some statements that everybody thinks is in the Bible, right? These are things that, that people think are in the Bible, but actually, maybe not. Uh, most of the time, people use these pseudo-scriptures. That they're well-meaning, they're genuine. And most of these statements are really close to the truth, close enough to sound excellent but not carry the power of a transcendent truth of the Word of God. The the truth of the Word of God is richer and deeper than anything that we can imagine with our limited human perspective, right? The the truth of the Word of God is what puts greatness in our hearts and challenges us beyond our comfort zone. It pushes us past our ideas into truth. That's what the Word of God is. And when we miss that, when we don't grab onto that, but we grab onto something that is, is like a pseudo truth, something that sounds good, then we miss that incredible power. And we set ourselves up for disappointment. Because we, we latch on to things that, 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 that they sound good, but they're not real promises. And so when our plans don't work out, when the healing doesn't come, or it doesn't come the way we wanted it to, right Uh, when when our idea of prosperity based on the American dream isn't what is seen then we start questioning okay God where are you because we're holding him to promises that he never actually made right Uh, our society is ordering a lot of stuff online now right everything's online but but the people that that use the scriptures that they see on Facebook and on Google and on Instagram as their as the rock of their life or like people that order stuff online only to get it and be disappointed. you guys ever ordered anything and were disappointed when it came it's It's not as prevalent now, right because because now the the internet's great. you've got lots of pictures and you've got reviews and and you can read all about it. but when I was a kid, right. You remember ordering out of catalogs you get this tiny little picture and a couple of lines of description and that's it you're expected to spend your money and send off for something and wait weeks and then it comes in and sometimes it's everything you hoped and dreamed that it would be and a lot of times it wasn't i remember when i was a kid and my my mom bought some christmas ornaments from a school that was selling Christmas ornaments as a fundraiser, wooden ornaments, right? These were supposed to be, these were gonna be amazing, right? And I'm sure they cost an arm and a leg because uh, it's a fundraiser and those things are wrong. so. So anyway, so, so she bought them and case okay, sent off for them weeks and weeks later. You know how that stuff goes. A Couple of months later, we get them in. And what we didn't realize at the time that she ordered them is that the picture was actual size. <laughs> So they were tiny. It looks like somebody had like cut up a dowel rod and painted it. They were so small. And so disappointment. Because they didn't realize that I mean the, the description, the depiction didn't match the reality. And that's what happens when people take scriptures out of context. right? They either take them out of context or, or they misquote them, misrepresent them to fit our ideas. The, the unfortunate thing is, is that... Even though the Bible is up front about what we can expect as children of God, a lot of times, especially when we're in situations like this in our society, we look through the Scripture, we Google it, right? We, we look through our feed and we get the Word of God in order to confirm us, instead of to conform us. We go and and handpick little things, and so I don't I don't think I don't think this is done maliciously in any stretch of the imagination, but just For the record, I want to take a couple of weeks to set the record straight on on some of the scriptures that we quote, commonly misquote, or taken out of context. And this morning, ladies and gentlemen, as our nation is in a justified uproar over some hidden prejudice and some abused power, I want to take a look at the idea whether the Bible really says that we should accept everybody. Because I've heard this said a lot, right? And, and, and absolutely, I, I'm not saying that violence and looting and mobs or anything is, just, is justified, but the peaceful protest in our society is absolutely justified. There's a systemic, a systemic problem and it needs to be addressed. But it's a difficult problem and we've got to unleash the full power of God's word in order to solve it. And so that's what I want to look at, because I don't want to sell us short of anything that the Bible says. This is about a heart that needs to change, not just a mind that needs to change. And it's got to be the truth of the word of God that's going to challenge the status quo. And I've heard so many well-meaning people say, you know, the Bible says to accept everybody. But, But does it really? Or does the Bible, the, 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 the Word of God, the powerhouse of the universe, the constitution of the universe, does the Bible say something a little more than that? truth of the matter is this, that yes, we should accept everybody, but the challenge of the Word of God, the unchanging, the, the never-failing, the infallible, the inspired, the holy Word of God goes several steps beyond acceptance turns out that the Bible does not command us to accept everybody. The Bible goes farther and tells us to love everybody. And there's a significant difference between acceptance and love. John chapter number 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus speaking, he says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another one another right so so to be honest because we're talking about context and things like that the context of this scripture is Jesus talking to his disciples and he's telling his disciples he's telling the church that if you will love everyone else if you will love the church then everybody will know that you're my disciples you're the church because you have love for one another right but in many other places in scripture we see Jesus commanding us not just to love the church. We see this in the parable of the good Samaritan, where 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 the 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 guy was hurt, and here comes a priest and a Levite, and finally a Samaritan comes by someone who who wasn't in the modern church, wasn't in the Jewish community, was the hero there. Even in our text, we see Jesus saying, "Love each other as I have loved you." We say, "Well, how?" How has Jesus loved us? In Romans 5, 8 sums it up. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the commandment to love one another is not limited to just loving the church. It's It's limited to loving others as Christ loved us. And how did he love us? He loved us when we were unlovable. When we were outside of the church, when we were lost, without, while we were still sinners, Christ loved us to the point of death, even death on the cross. Christ has loved us. 1 John chapter number 4. Go home and read the whole thing. First John chapter number four is an incredible passage of scripture about love and how we're supposed to love one another. Uh, I'll I'll read a few verses here, but, but the whole chapter is incredible. Verse seven says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also love one another. Verse 20 says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So, does the Bible say to accept everyone? Kinda. Sort of. Not really, because it gives us a much deeper command. It doesn't tell us to accept everyone, it tells us Love everyone. Acceptance is much weaker than love, and here's why. There's a couple of things, and we'll get and, and we'll go to lunch, right? But acceptance is weaker than love, and here's why. First, mere acceptance is too easy on you, it's too easy on me. Mere acceptance is too easy on the person that's doing the accepting right because some people use the term acceptance and love as synonyms but they're not they're they're not at all it's not the same thing acceptance is a matter of the head but love is a matter of the heart and and there's typically a discrepancy between your head and your heart right Like this is the time I was I was out yesterday we were coming to Park Hill to do some work and uh, along the, the main strip there on 67, 167, coming through North Little Rock, you know, there's all those car dealerships. And let me tell you, they were crawling with people, crawling with people. Everybody's out looking at all these, because it's a beautiful day outside. They had the, the balloons out uh, with the new cars. And, and there's, you, you can get a new car for 0% interest for 84 months. And so while there's all these people looking at it. And this is where you have a heart and a head discrepancy. Because you get on the lot, and suddenly your heart wants that new truck. Your heart wants that new SUV, right? You smell the new car smell. You feel the leather, right? It's got all the coolest gadgets, even if it's not the top of the line. I mean, it's just technology advances so much. So you get in that from your car that's a few years old, and you're like, wow, wow. And your heart's like, yes. And your head is like, seven years. I can't be in debt for seven years. 84 months. I can't. So so your head is like, no, that's not the responsible thing to do. Your heart is like, yes, I would look so good driving this car. And it's a discrepancy between your head and your heart. And sometimes, most of the time, most of the time, your heart wins over your head. Same thing with toxic relationships, right? So the car thing, that's kind of a fun example. but But with toxic relationships, you know there are people that are in relationships that are horrible for them, and they're suffering through abuse, verbal, physical, all kinds, and they stay there. In their head they know that they deserve better and they hit their head that they know they need to get out but in their heart there's still a dependence I'm not a psychiatrist I don't really know how all this works but there's a heart that is tied somehow dependent to this other person and the heart wins and so when we say that, that 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 love wins over acceptance it's because the heart always wins over the mind now God wants you to know him With your head, that's why he commands us to to study the law. But a head knowledge of God is not enough. It's got to be a heart knowledge of God that's going to save us. We talked about the Apostle Paul last week. He had a head knowledge of God as Saul when he was studying under all the greats, when he, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, but he didn't know God until he had an experience with Him. It's not a matter of knowing God in your head, it's a matter of knowing God in your heart. Because the truth of the matter is that you can accept somebody without loving them you can accept somebody without loving them because you can have a head yes I'm going to accept you without a heart change a transformation it may be one of those things where the facade is okay it's got a fresh coat of paint but the structure the foundation is cracked And we become, if we're not careful, if we focus on the acceptance, if we focus on the outside, if we focus on just the head, we become whitewashed tombs that Jesus spoke about. They look great on the outside, but on the inside, they're full of dead men's bones. And this is why we have such a hard time really controlling the language that we speak in this country. Because in our head, we say that we're going to accept everybody. And as long as our head is speaking, then that's okay. And a lot of times, if we're real careful and if we're really smooth, then we we moderate our language and we think about what we're going to say first. But the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so even if you can moderate your language and what you speak time and time and time again, there's going to be one moment that that out out of a heart that's full of hate, is going to spew hatred out of your mouth, out of a heart that's full of distrust. There's going to be distrust and prejudice and violence that's going to come out of your mouth because love is a heart thing, and that's what's got to change in order to change our society. It's not acceptance. It's love. It's love from the heart. It's not censorship of our brains. It's true love from our hearts. It's flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's flowing out of us. It's God in us working through us. Acceptance can be a stage performance, but, but love is all access backstage when the mask comes off. Right? Acceptance says, I'm done when we have token diversity. Acceptance says, 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 look how advanced we are when we begin to tolerate our differences. Acceptance says, you can play with us, but you can't be one of us. It's like the, the nerdy dorky kid that's always the last one in dodgeball. I don't know if you ever experienced this, right? But, but junior high PE makes you a better person, right? Or a worse person, either way. But, but you know, you get the team captains and, and they start picking kids. And then, like, round 37 of this draft, draft pick is the, is the skinny, like, like, super, super, I mean, like, like the kid that has not gone outside in three years, right? And, and you accept the mind of the team. And you say, stand over there, out of my way. And I'm not proud of it, but we, we yeah, forget it. I gonna... Everybody's been in the situation and you've either been the kid that doesn't get picked. And I've been that kid or you've been the kid that 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 picks everybody and, and doesn't pick it. And I've been that kid, too. Right. So just accepting someone on the team doesn't mean that you see them as equals. But love sees value beyond what people can contribute, because in no way is love selfish. Right? Love says, I'm not finished at the surface. Uh, it sees below the surface, but, but all the way down to the core values. Love acknowledges difference and accepts them. Love continues to connect with the core of a person, even to the eternal soul. So does the Bible say to accept everybody? No, because what the Bible commands us to do is more than that. For me to have the command to accept someone doesn't challenge me. It makes me conform for just a few seconds and if i can compartmentalize it i can say sure sure you can play with us come on stand over there you're part of us you're part of the team good job the bible doesn't command us to accept people the bible commands us to love people it's the difference between a head and a heart and it's it's not what they can contribute it's not what they can do it's because their intrinsic value of the human created in the image of god Bible says to love everyone and to say that it says to accept someone gives me a challenge that's too easy. It's too easy for me. It's too easy for you. It's too easy for whoever's doing the acceptance. Secondly, mere acceptance is too easy on the other person. It's too easy on you if you're the one that's being accepted. It's too easy on me if I'm the one that's being accepted. It's too easy. Have you ever heard That if you love me, you'd accept me the way I am? Right? Everybody says that. It's not true. At all. Right? It's not, it's not biblical for one thing, because the Bible says, so, so Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you know what? If you love yourself, there are things about you that you don't accept. If I, if I accept the job that I have now, I'm not going to apply for a better one. If I accept the salary I have now, I'm never going to expect a better one. If I accept that, 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 I, that I'm struggling with, with blood sugar problems, that I'm never going to take control of my diet and exercise and get through it. right? If I just accept... That, that, that marriage is falling apart, then I'm not going to pursue my wife. If I just accept that, that my kids are lost, then I'm not going to pray for them and look for them. And I'm not going to pull like, like, a, like a lost coin kind of scenario from Luke 15. I'm not going to go in and go all for it. I'm just going to accept, well, this is the way that it is. If you love yourself, you don't accept some of the things that you can change. You really can better yourself because you love yourself. You don't accept everything. Acceptance can be surrender. And that's not the way that we've been called to do. We've been called to love. Love is a call to a brighter future. So do we accept people the way they are? Yes. Right? But love doesn't leave them there. The Bible says to love everyone, not to accept them accept people the way they are but love doesn't leave them there Jesus accepted people but he also loved people here's what the Bible says he welcomed everybody John chapter number 6 verse 37 this is Jesus and he says all the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I'll never drive away but in Matthew 16 24 Jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to come and be my disciple he's gonna deny himself take up his cross and follow me He accepted everybody, but love, he loved everybody and couldn't leave them there. The Bible goes farther than to say to accept people because accepting people the way that they are is short of true love that seeks the best for the other person. And again, guys, this is about the other person. This is, we're not trying to change people to, to, to fit our preferences or our culture or our style or our color or anything else. We're trying to lead people to a better future by encouraging them to righteousness. Right? I love you, but I got to tell you that you can't be an alcoholic and still fulfill the plan that God has for your life. I, I love you, but I can't accept that because that's keeping you from what God has for you. I love you, but, but your mind can't be consumed by lust, fed by pornography, and still experience the love that God has for you, so we can't accept that. We love you, so, so, so to say to accept the way it is would lower the standard that God has for you. I love you, but you can't abandon your wife and kids and still be blessed by God. I love you, but, but you can't harbor unforgiveness in your heart and still expect God to answer your prayers. In love, we accept where you are and, and we lead you to somewhere better based on the word of God and based on the standards of heaven. That brings us to our last point so the bible says uh, to love people doesn't necessarily say to accept people why because acceptance is too easy on me acceptance is too easy on you and truth of the matter is that to say that that you and i are are able to to accept or not is really outside of our pay grade we don't have the ability to say what is acceptable or not. Love is without borders, but acceptance is competitive. Right. So the great reason the Bible says to love people and not necessarily to accept people, right? Because acceptance is outside of our pay grade. Have you ever applied to something where you want to be accepted, like a college or a job interview? Right. There's, there's, a, there's a standard that needs to be met. If you've applied online to a job, you've probably answered a bunch of questions, and chances are that if one of those questions triggered the algorithm to throw out your resume, no human being ever saw it, and the actual company has no idea that you applied. Right? Because there's some acceptance criteria, and if you don't meet those criteria, you are not accepted. And it doesn't go any further than that. Right? There are pass-fail criteria, and if you meet them, then you're accepted. And if not, you're not. And I'm glad the Bible doesn't delegate to you and I the responsibility to accept or reject people. That's not for us to do. Right? Setting the standard is outside of my pay grade. Right? Because because what if I set the standard based on my preferences? Right. The world would be overrun with cheesy dad jokes and jeeps and sailboats and apple pie a la mode and small woodland creatures and all the things that I like that you may not like. Right. I am not qualified to set a standard. And the truth is that you and we're not human beings are not qualified to set the standard. So the Bible doesn't tell us to accept everybody because we don't have the authority to set the standard. The standard is set. God set it, and yet there are pass-fail criteria. You want to know who can, can enter the kingdom of heaven? Right? Jesus set the standard. Right? There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus Christ. That's the standard. It's already set. We don't have to ask that question anymore. We certainly don't have the responsibility of, uh, of determining that. Who can walk among the church body? Well, you know what? God has already defined that. Who can have leadership roles in the church? Well, you know what? There's already standards, and it's already defined by the word of God. So to say that you and I get to accept or reject is incorrect, because we're not the standard. The standard is already defined by God. There is acceptance to be done, but it's not by us. Right? We just we just get to recite what's already written right our command from God is to love unconditionally and to leave the acceptance criterion acceptance criteria to the all-knowing all-powerful ever-present King of the universe that's his job he sets the standard we just love and in our love for other people we're gonna tell the absolute truth and our love for the other people we're gonna we're gonna point to the standard we're not going to compromise the standards of the Word of God, but you and I don't get to accept or reject. we just get to love. Does that make sense? Okay. There's a lot of craziness going on in our world today, a lot of people crying out rightfully so there's a lot of people that feel like they're like like there's the truth is there is a lot of injustice in the world the truth of the matter is that it it is not all it's not all okay but in times like these when people go running to the scripture let's make sure that people are looking as, as far as you and I can influence let's make sure that people are looking into the true Word of God that people are really understanding what it says in context when the Bible says, says to love people, it's not the same as accepting people because to say that would be to water down the word of God. The job that you and I have is much harder than acceptance. It's love which is not possible outside of the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Anybody can accept folks. But when we talk about true love it's born of God and it can only exist the, the matters that we're talking about are heart matters and the only way to change the human heart is a relationship with Jesus Christ the only way to change what lives inside of me is to have the mind of Christ flow through me by heart transformation even a heart circumcision to cut away all the old junk and replace it with the truth of the Word of God. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed the message. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast or following us at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 3801 JFK perfectly placed inside the park community. We'd love to see you.